This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello, everyone. It's your favorite podcast host here, Joe Redman, just letting you know that the TalkSport Fan Network is now proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So the only thing left to say is, are you in? Order now on the McDonald's app. You can also get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via the app at participating restaurants, 18 plus. Rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Look back for Arfield. What a bowling! Scott Arfield! He's been threatening that recently. And all the Burnley players run to the Darwin end. Burnley win the next ball. It's Rory now. He's on the outside. He's on the Quickly finds Benson in space at the byline. Can Burnley get a goal here? Back for Brownell. Saved by the keeper. Yeah! Burnley won it to the end. That is magnificent. They deserve that. Only by Fulton Teller. Off for a hat trick. He's got it. Hat trick for Nathan Teller. Oh, he's on fire at the minute. 3-0 Burnley. It's Nathan Teller's day. And he got on the outside, comes inside, comes on the shot. Oh, what a goal! Manuel Benson once more! That is top class! Burnley have done it! Fantastic! Clarence deserved the championship title. They've been the best side throughout the campaign. Burnley have won the second tier. What a fantastic achievement! The players have been magnificent. Yes, hello everybody, welcome along to the latest episode of the Turfcast podcast pre-game. Not even the pre-game show, it's a full-time show with me, Joe Redmond. I've lost the dressing room and I've now lost my own motivation. Um, there's nothing we can do anymore, <laughs> boys. Um, but of course, it's a full-time show after the Palace defeat. Another defeat for Burnley. We've now lost six of our opening six Premier League home games. The first time Premier League side has ever done that. Um, and it's just Record scandalous, breakers. but... Yeah, record breaker. We've gone from breaking so many records last season, like winning 10 in a row, you know, stuff like that, to now breaking records that, you know, we don't want to be breaking. And that's despite being by far and away the best team in the championship last season, spending £100 million or more than, just more than, I think it was £100 million. And now we are dreadful. But... It's it's small signs of improvement. It's it's one of them. I'll just quickly go through the comments before I get the lads um, involved. 
Um, Andy Bennett says, morning all, hope everyone is okay. Maybe clutching the straws, but thought yesterday's display overall was much better. It was, mate. It was better. But it's like saying fucking, I don't know, I'm going to say something I probably shouldn't say on stream then. Uh, it's like saying something horrendous is, you know, it's, it, we've not, what I'm basically trying to say is we've not got much to be better than from what we've seen so far this season. If that's it's, much better and, the, and that's the best it is, then we've got yeah, problems, like, haven't we? we were better. I'm not saying you're wrong, Andy. We were better, but we still weren't good enough. Like, we, we were better in the middle. And we'll get on to that because there's been some suggestions on Twitter and something that Neil said earlier, but just off camera, about the, about the midfield. We were better in the middle, but in both boxes, we still weren't good enough. And that's the problem. Defensively, we weren't good enough. And putting the ball in the back of the net, we weren't good enough. Going forward and stuff, we were better. But actually, when it came to it, um, yeah, we weren't good enough. Chris says, don't think we were that good, though, to be honest. Just Palace didn't have much to do to win the game. Don't disagree with that either. But, but we were better, uh, which I think is Andy's original comment. Um, CP Claret says we played better, but individual mistakes cost us. Feel for Bayer as he slipped and looked gutted about the first goal because of it. I mean, it, we didn't concede because he slipped, we conceded because he dallied. Like, he slipped after he'd fucked up. So, that weren't the reason why we conceded. Yeah, feel for him and fair play to him for apologizing on Instagram, although we shouldn't need to. But fair play for him to do that anyway. Um, Demonize, I think you probably want to check that name out, mate. You should probably change that name. I think we played well yesterday, but individual errors cost us. If we could play like we did yesterday going forward and cut out the errors, and I still feel we have a chance. Yes, cutting out the errors for play like we did yesterday, you know, it'll be nil nil because if we've still been playing now, we wouldn't have scored. Yeah, we can't um, put the ball so in yeah, that's the problem. We need, we need, although Foster was out, it would be different with Foster. Um, CP Claret again says definitely need some goal threats. We couldn't have none without Foster, yeah, we shouldn't be spending. 100 million quid and we're relying on one player. Um, Jay Hartley, 1882, says, Morning, lads, we are shit. Sums it up nicely. Should we just rack, yeah. you know, pack it up there then? Done. done. Job done. Thanks, you like that. Job done. Chris again says, We are Foster FC, but he's not even around half the time. Um, see you saying, Everyone's saying we play better, but mm -hmm. Palace were dog crap. Don't know why I'm saying crap instead of shit. I've already sworn on stream, so I'll say it anyway. My dog <laughs> shit is still well, disgusting, now. really. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Andy, I was still disappointed after yesterday, but it's a different type of disappointment. Yeah, we said that in the WhatsApp group, didn't we, lads? I'll start with you, Neil, because I like to leave Sam stewing. Um, yeah. we, we said that yesterday, didn't we? It's it's a different type of disappointment because we played better and you can see signs yeah. of improvement. And I left that game thinking on the balance of play, we didn't deserve to lose. However, because we're not good enough in both boxes, that is why we lost. So it's a different type of disappointment rather than just being tanked every week. Yeah, it is. I said that all season. I think I said it in my uh, reaction as well. I, I don't mind losing if we played well, which we haven't done at all this season, which has been the most disappointing thing. But it it is those errors that are costing us. We can play well all we want, but we've got individual errors that are creeping in. I think every, but every single person in the back five, including the keeper, has made a mistake at some point. So when are these actually going to stop? But we can have all the chances in the world. And I know you got into a, a, a bit of a sticky situation with your XG stuff, but we're not... We, we can have all the chances in the world, but we're not creating good chances. And when we are, there's nobody to put them in the net. So we can play well all we want, but unless we score goals, we ain't going to win. Um, but yeah, it's the individual errors and they are uh, a massive concern because they are creeping into the game. And I don't know how a company can address that because that's on the players. That's not on him. And it's not on yeah. the owners or anything. That's them making the mistakes. Um, he can only do them so, uh, so far. He can... What's the saying about take a horse to water or something? Um, can lead a horse to water, but you can't make it drink. That's the one. So I know he's made a lot of mistakes this year, but he is not responsible for the individual errors that are happening. That's just 
inexperienced, probably a bit of nerves from the young players. Um, so, yeah, so a slight improvement, but, um, yeah, we still didn't... Palace didn't have to work hard to beat us. Um, we made it easy for them. And at no point did I ever think, oh, we'll turn this around, which was the most yeah, important I, thing. As soon, soon as we went 1-0 down, I was like, that's it, there's no chance. Yeah, yeah, that's it. Although, I will say, the lads' heads didn't seem to drop like they have done. Um <clears throat> Because I know when we've gone behind up to now, you can just tell heads go, uh, shoulders drop. Didn't seem to happen that much yesterday, but we still we could still be playing today and we haven't lost scored. Yeah, fair enough, fair enough. Neil, you did there men- mention there, though, you feel like obviously you can lead a horse to water, you can't make it drink. Company's not responsible for, for the individual errors, but yeah. is it the style of play that he's trying to implement? Because any other defender, when Bayer gets that, boots it out of play. Or something like that. Yeah, I, yeah. I think something in his head. Yeah. Of, we have to play in a certain way, so he's tried to. Yeah, he's the possibly ball, telling them to like keep. On. Yeah, he's possibly telling them to keep the ball at all. Like you know, don't just put it out for the sake of it because we'll lose possession. Which is a bit like what I was saying in the chat yesterday. That I think O'Shea should have booted it at the end. But I know, yeah. I know that what Sam yeah. was saying about you know. But maybe that's what he's being told is to keep try and keep the ball, get it back in play, and get moving again from the back. But yeah, possibly. But I mean. Of all the people to do a mistake, you wouldn't have thought it was Bayer. He's 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 our most assured. He was the saviour. He was. Yeah, I was, was, I was creating second Bayer images, and then uh, fifteen minutes into the match, I'm getting that. abuse. I'm getting abuse because of that picture. I did see that. And I thought, your fault. Delete, 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 delete. Um, yeah, but I mean, I mean, fair play to him for coming on and apologising. <laughs> and then obviously Barnsley told him not to. He didn't have to apologise. Yeah, I agree with uh, that. He shouldn't need to, but fair he shouldn't need to. But he was probably getting shit, were not he? But. Um, yeah, it's it probably is it probably is the style of play that company's asking them to do, but surely I mean, I'm saying this obviously I've never played the game but anywhere near that level, but surely your instinct is if you're in that situation, just get rid of the thing. Mm. Surely. And surely with with the previous games that have gone before, you know that if I try and keep it in, it's gonna go wrong. So just get rid of it. Surely you just take that into your own on hands, don't you? Yep. Hey-ho. Sam, we like to let you stew. Because people like your rants, but I well, feel like yesterday you was a little bit more in the WhatsApp group. You was a little bit more reserved, but did you hear the voice note? No, 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 I actually, no. no, I actually didn't hear the voice note. To be fair, no, I was driving at the time. Have, have you have you listened to it now? Because in that moment, do you want me to put it live on stream? <laughs> if you if you like me, it was honestly I just don't I just uh, in the moment I couldn't completely understand what he was thinking i just couldn't i just couldn't get it like um the thing that's more disappointing about the game in my opinion is the performance was so much better and it's exactly what we've been wanting like it, it's the type of performance that we've been we've been saying since the start of the season is coming you know the ability to press on the ball was brilliant as ability to win the ball yeah. back was brilliant we 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 managed to retain possession quite well as well other than little spells and when we were creating chances, they were quite good chances. Like Goodmanson's header, that's closer than people think. Mm. There's, you know, there's, there were so many chances. Like, and like I, like I put in the group chat as well. And just saying this, I wasn't going to say it, but now whatever, I'm going to say it. Like, Coley Oshaw, as good as he has been, that game proved how he's still a kid. He got into the box and he should have shot and he took a touch and they let a tackle come in on him from Joel Ward. And everyone said what a great tackle it was. If he'd have hit that ball, if he'd have hit that ball first time, that's it back at net. Like 
he had a shot from 30 yards, it went over, but it, it went straight at the keeper. He had another shot where it went straight over, bar, and that was a, a decent chance. People need to look at the things that Coleo showed as well, but also be able to look at it and not just look at it through claret tinted glasses and turn around and say, the kid also still needs to sort his end product out, but he's only 19. In those games, when we're having those chances, is Luca Coleosho the person to be able to be on the end of those chances? You know, yes, he creates a lot, but he also he also should have scored the other day. He, he should have scored. Um, but in saying that, he's not the only reason why we like like I say everybody could nobody could have scored yesterday, and that that from Bayer. Like I understand what people are saying. I do get that. Like. It, it, things happen in football. It's not the biggest issue in the world. The thing that annoyed me was Jordan Ayew put a foot in first before winning the ball. So he knows he's yeah. there. So just get rid of it at that point. Like you've yeah. dallied on it to the point where he's got right touch behind you. Fair enough. Leave it. Just leave it. Like get rid of the ball. Don't then take another touch. And then when you eventually do lose the ball and then keep slipping and falling over because because you've lost the ball and you just frantically try to win the ball back. And then all they've had to do is score the exact same goal as, as we conceded against Brentford, the exact yeah. same goal that we've conceded all season. Someone running down the byline after a mistake, squaring the ball across the box, tapping it in, Trafford's nowhere near it. And it's not his fault, but do you know what I mean? And that individual error, like you guys said, we went 1-0 down, it's whatever, whatever. Like, 1-0 down, it's over. Because we're not, it's not the Burnley team of last year. This isn't the team that could go 1 0, 2 0 down, and you just think, wow, like 65 minutes, this Burnley team will sort it out. Like, it's not that team. We're a team of inexperienced players who clearly don't have the ability for this level, and and we've, we've been found out and we've been punished. So, I, I yeah, really, it's more disappointing. Uh, and I, I am slightly contradicting myself because I did say if we perform well and lose, I'd be happier, but that actually hurts more now. Yeah, really did. I'd, I don't really say you are. You, I would say you are happier than you have been, no? I mean, you still. I agree, actually, yeah. But it's, agree. Because have, it's because you have positives to talk about. Like, it is it is more annoying when you literally play rubbish and then lose 3 4 0. But in this case, like, we've lost 2 0, but technically it's not 2 0. Like, it's 1 0 because that goal came from nothing. It was right at the end of the game. We were trying to get something from the game. O'Shea played the ball back into play. Whatever that type of stuff happens, it, move on. That goal uh, for me don't even count. But other than that, I think we performed really well. We looked a lot better in midfield. Um, I, I, like I say, our ball retention was a lot better. I thought Jay did all right as well. I think his link up play was good. I just don't think he actually got given the ball in an attacking third at all, so he couldn't really affect the game from a striker's standpoint. Um, there are positives, but I think Palace didn't get any, you know, didn't even get up to a canter really. So, you know, they, they, they were a poor Palace team and beat us 2-0. So. Exactly. They're a poor Palace was, team with a lot that's of what I was just going like, to say. Eze they, was missing. Who else was missing? All these other players were missing. We should not, nobody in the Premier League should be losing to that attack. No. But because we can't defend. And Sam, I'm going to ask you the same question that I asked Neil. You put it there brilliantly. <clears throat> he knew the man was there because he'd had a touch and then he still dallied with it and he still tried to do what he wanted to do instead of getting rid of it. Why do you think he's doing that? It's got to be, like we were saying, like you can't lead a horse to water and make it drink or whatever. You can lead a horse to whatever. Mm -hmm. 
But it must be something they're being told to do. It's don't get rid of it. Try and find the man, even under that a, a massive amount of pressure. Pressure. It must be something in their reds. It must be something I, I think being told to do. I think there'll be, there'll be something with the style of play, but it'll be a subconscious thing because I think if you asked Vincent Company this morning, did you ask Bayer to keep hold up ball for four seconds before actually playing it back to the keeper? Company would be like, no. Mm -hmm. Because uh, why on earth would I want any centre-half to do that? If you get so the is the message back, not getting across properly then of what well, he wants maybe, to do? Maybe, but the thing is, and another thing that I think people do forget as well is Bayer is still a young lad as well. Like, He's our most experienced centre-half, but he's only 22, 23. He still is susceptible to having a mistake because he's not a finished product yet either himself. Like, mm. this mistake, I wouldn't put down to tactics and company. I'd put it down to an individual moment because he's not done anything really wrong this season, Barry. He's not totally put a foot wrong other than a couple of times stepping into midfield and losing the ball. But he hasn't really had that outlining, like, you know, issue that's actually led to a goal this this felt like that moment where you kind of just like why 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 would you i can see why people would think it's why people would think it's part of the tactics but i don't think to dally on the ball for that long i don't think company would be like you know keep hold up ball when you feel the striker then once you felt the striker keep playing with the ball i don't think any manager yeah. would say that so it, may, it might be a subconscious thing like you guys say about keeping the ball in play, trying to find your man. That might be subconsciously there, but there is no doubt in my mind that Vincent Company will be really bothered about the fact that we've conceded from another individual error. Yeah, I think Ari makes a good point there, just like Very you did, point. Sam, because you made the um, point about inexperience. Yeah, Bayer's our best defender, I think, in my opinion, but he's still inexperienced. And Harry there, he has come back from a few games out, so he's mm -hmm. bound to be a little bit rusty. That is a good point, to be fair. Um, Neil, I do want to ask you about Corley Osho because Corley Osho got a lot of praise yesterday. But as Sam pointed out, and I agree with Sam, his shooting is horrendous. But he did put it on a plate for Goodmanson mm -hmm. uh, in the second yeah. half, was it? Um, so I thought he played well. He just, I would, I would say to Zorore, do not Zorore, sorry, Corley Osho, do what you do, beat your man, just stop shooting in these more, yeah. apart from when it's obvious and you're in behind, because it's like, it's like. Again, I think it's a it's a fact. It's another thing that Sam's already said. Like he isn't the finished article, and this will come with experience. But he's shooting in moments when I don't want him to shoot long range efforts, and the one moment where the ball comes over the top, I'm thinking, if you're going to take a touch, take a touch, then smash it, or take a touch yeah. straight away, or shoot straight away. Probably difficult to shoot straight away, to be fair. But he's making the wrong decisions. So I'd say to him, like, look, do what you're doing. Keep trying to beat your man, but stop shooting from distance because it's that that's hurting us sometimes. How do you think he played on it? Yeah, he played well, but fundamentally his job isn't to score goals, is it? It's to set up and create for others. And if they're not making runs, because Jay was like Foster would probably have made a run that would find him, um, then he should be passing it to them to create. So I'm not too worried about his shooting ability because for me that's not his primary role in that team. It's for other people to put it in the net. He's there to help them put it in the net. But yeah, it, but yeah, it is. It's just naivety, isn't it? Like if you, you know, just don't shoot from anywhere. If you've got a better option, make that better option. But that comes with experience, and he's just a kid. Like most of our team are just kids. Um, but yeah, he he, he is. I, I thought he played very well, um, and he did lay it on a plate. And, and you know, JBG a little bit rusty. But if he um, if it had fallen to Foster, maybe it had gone in, and we'd, we'd be talking about a different result. But. For me, I'm not that worried about his finishing. That will come with experience. It's more knowing what decision to make. It's decision-making that's more important for me. 
Um, and I'd rather he was making the right choices than than scoring. If, for me, if he gets 25 assists and doesn't score any goals, I'm happier because I don't think it's his job to score goals. Um, I'd be very happy if he got 25 assists. Oh, very no, happy. 25, was, 25 was a bit excessive, <laughs> wasn't it? But, um, <laughs> Uh, um, but I'd, you know what I mean. I'm, I, like, I'd, I'd, I'm, I'm glad if he's getting assists more than if he's scoring goals because that's his job for me. Yeah, yeah, fair enough. Um, Sam, fair to say we miss Foster, or do you think that it not much would have been different? I, I, in in my honest opinion, I really don't think Foster would have changed that game, and I'm not, and that's not me saying that Foster's not good and he's not this and he's not that. I don't think whoever we had up front scores in that game because. I don't think Jay did bad. I think he linked play up all right. I think he, he was dropping deep to try and get the ball, like we've said all season, because our strikers don't get our strikers don't get chances like other strikers do. Like we didn't put a ball into the box like they did with Ayu and put it on a plate for Jeffrey Schluck. Like we don't do that. We don't win the ball and break quickly. We have to break teams down. And the balls that we did put into the box to Jay, they're like they're like floated balls into the, in, and he has to get all the power on the header. He has to adjust his body to win the header. And it's like what we were saying about Barnes at the start of last season. Like Barnes can score your goals, but if you're not playing to his strengths, what's the point? Like you can't play to Lyle Foster's strengths with Jay Rodriguez up front because they're two totally different strikers. So you need to change how you're playing. The, like, so our wingers needed to just get at their fullbacks like Luca was doing cutting the ball back and hoping that Amdouni and Rodriguez and, and players were players were gambling at the back stick. But I felt like we we were putting a lot of deep crosses in and a lot of like back stick balls. And it's like Luca's not that kind of winger who like the, the biggest one was do you remember when we scored against Millwall and Benson crossed the ball all the way across the box and Vitinho was back yeah. and he just edited it in. Like he uh, I think it was Goodmanson or Bettino did exactly the same ball in the game and it floated all the way to the back stick and bounced three times in the box. And Luca was still on 18-yard box and it's not digging him out. I'm just saying, like, these are the situations where, where we need we, we need goal scorers and we need, if Foster's not there, other people have to other people have to step up. So I understand what you guys are saying about Luca and his ability in the team and his role in the team is to create chances but you're also one of the four three four attacking players in the team like you have to contribute like the time when he got into the box and he just didn't shoot and he took a touch it's like if you'd have just shot it, that yeah. that shot could have gone anywhere so I so like I say I don't think it fundamentally comes down to the fact that Lyle Foster wasn't in the team because I feel like we had chances all across the pitch and we still couldn't score so Lyle Foster's there I don't think it makes a huge bit of difference yeah, I don't disagree with that in a way, but if, if for example, that Goodmanson chance goes to him, I mean, it's, it's, people who keep saying that Goodmanson should have scored that, he should have very minimum got it on target. I think saying he should have scored is probably a little bit harsh. Um, I think yesterday for me and Sam, I think you probably were like this after the Chelsea match or after the Spurs match, so I'll stick with you. But I think yesterday for me was a bit where I left the turf and I was like, yeah, we're down. I can't see us getting out of this now. Is, do you, is there any way back? Um, yeah. Um until there's 10 games left and we're rock bottom and we've got nothing going for us and, you know, you're, you're literally chasing every single game, th there's still a chance, like, you know, we've still got 27 games left. If we go and win three games now out of his next five, we're completely back in the fold. Like, I don't can think you it'll happen. doing that? How can you I don't think it'll that? happen. Like, that's the side of me where I'm like, that, that bit's 
probably dead in the water. But I, I, I do still think we have a chance. Amidst all the negative stuff we talk about, like I'm not talking about Burnley on a whole. I'm talking about Burnley in a game against like Crystal Palace, Brentford, Chelsea. That's what we're coming here to talk about. And then fundamentally, we draw that back to uh, the whole bigger picture. When we played Chelsea, we were rubbish. So we spent 45 minutes talking about how rubbish we were. That doesn't mean we think we're going to go down instantly from that game. Just like the Brentford game, we were rubbish. This game is more frustrating, but you still have 27 other opportunities to sort it out. But just like that comment says, I am also in exactly the same boat. I don't know when the next win comes. I don't know when the next performance like this comes because the last one before this was Forest, And that was like six weeks, six weeks ago. Like, that's what it takes. And Sheffield United winning was annoying. I've seen, seen the comments like Sheffield United winning was annoying. Luton look like a more compact team than we do. They look harder to and beat. That that annoys me more than anything. We were so much better than them last season. Like mm-hmm. I'm not digging Luton out. If any Luton fans watch this, because for some reason a lot of them follow me on Twitter, I'm not digging Luton out. But we finished, what, really, over 30 points or around mm-hmm. 30 points above them last season. Mm-hmm. We then went and spent £100 million and they're better than us. That's it's inexcusable. It's not yeah, the same well, mate, I think I think we know now that hundred million pounds was absolutely wasted, wasn't it? You can't like the fact that we're still talking about gaps in our squad where we haven't got a player and we've spent hundred million quid. Nah, you don't spend hundred million quid and yeah, still have gaps oh. in your squad. So, um, like, but they're they're the they're the fundamental things that you go back to when we talk about these situations. Like we're talking about the game, but fundamentally, like you say, Neil, like spot on. Like spent hundred million pound, and that midfield consisted yesterday of Brownhill, who didn't play. A deep line like central midfielder last season, he was the 10. So he's mm-hmm. changed his position this season. And people then talk about his performances and stuff like that. Last season, he was up there for player of the year. Whether you believe he should have been or not, he was up there for EFL player of the year, playing in a number 10. So why then is he now a central midfielder playing with Sander Burge, a player who has never been a DM? And played well in DM. Granted, yeah, he he's looking better in DM, he but, is looking a lot better. but he clearly is a number 10. He's clearly got more, more of an attacking brain. So, like you say, Neil, that is, you are spot on. Like these, these are the conversations that when we talk about the games, this is what it goes back to. It goes back to is Sanderberg a DM? Is Brownhill a centre midfielder? Is the hundred million pounds spent in the right place? No, all these things, in my opinion, are a no. Sander Burge playing well there the other day and for the last three games doesn't mean that if he plays in the 10, he wouldn't play better. Like, if we had another centre midfielder and it wasn't Masengo, who's a young lad who we signed on a free contract and, you know, it was some £15 million central midfielder from from France, you're turning around and saying, you've got him, Cullen, Cork, Brownell if you need to, Burge if you need to, and that's your midfield kind of five or six players. We literally have, in my opinion, players that can actually play that that CDM role. We've got Cork, Cullen, Brownell. Cullen was out for this game, so you've got Brownell and Cork, and he still doesn't put Cork in. He plays Burge there. Burge played well, but Burge clearly can play better in a cam role. He clearly can. Yeah. And he's not even getting tried there. It's like and it's like you say with the hundred million pounds as well. Like we spent apparently now we've spent 15 million pounds on Trezor. It's not a loan anymore. We've signed him permanently. Why playing for four minutes then? What like, people keep talking about? Oh, he's, he's 
He's a poor performer. He's sluggish. Who plays well in four minutes is getting the Vidra treatment now where he gets six minutes at the end of the game and then you can turn around and be like, well, clearly he's not good enough. It's like, if you get four minutes in a game, what are you really going to do? He got, he got he had a misplaced pass from Charlie Taylor and a rubbish touch. And then he didn't touch the ball for the rest of the game. Like I say, I, I just think we've got so many problems and so many issues going on from the top of the club right the way onto the pitch. And I think it's it's a real shame because, like I say, that performance was so much better. And that's what makes it so disappointing because it's the optimism now. Because I'll go into the next game. Who are we playing next? Is it um, it's Arsenal? Arsenal. Oh, I'm not optimistic for that at all. <laughs> like, do you know what I mean? Like, but if, we, if, if our next winnable game comes in, I'll be like, do you know what? That Palace performance were pretty good. Like we'll do, we'll do some teams here. We'll lose four yeah. 0 to Wolves or something, and you'll be like, "What's the point?" Like, yeah, I think I... personally, Go on, Neil. next the next home game, don't worry about it <laughs> because we've got our flags, we'll have our banners, our drummer will be there. Be fine. He's we're also not fine. wrong as well. That comment's not wrong. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sort of pulling up to to wind Sam up even more. But there's been a oh. couple of suggestions. In the comments, um, there are quite... Oh, there's one here, actually, from Cluckers. Cullen gets bullied off the ball too much. Neil, I'm going to come yeah. to you on this one because you said something off-camera. Sam has kind of touched on Cullen a little yeah. bit, but there's some comments on social media as well yesterday. Is yeah. the midfield better, or should I say, was the midfield better yesterday without Cullen? Uh, I had a chat with a mate as well just before we come on who, who agreed with that. I think it was yesterday. I don't know if it is in general, but yesterday, I, I can't say we missed him. I thought we looked a bit more fluid, but he's gone missing pretty much every game of the season. Um, I agree. And he does look a little bit lost. Um, so, uh, overall, I don't know if the midfield's better without him, but yesterday I think it was for that for that one game. So, um, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Chris P says, yeah, Cullen needs a number six next to him. Cullen is not a typical yeah. number six. Yeah, he can't do it on his own. He can't do it on yep. his own. He does need support. So maybe bringing Cork, Sam, or are you in the camp of Cork's legs have gone? It's, it's look, I don't think he'll play for us again in a in a meaningful game. Jack Cork, he didn't even make the squad yesterday, or is it somebody like Masengo who has been brought in? I think in the summer on a contract, like you say, and it doesn't seem to be getting a run out, but is making the bench whereas Cork isn't. So what would you do, or would you just drop Cullen altogether now when he's back? I don't think I don't think you can drop Cullen. Like I don't think anybody's safe in the team. Like. I think anybody can be dropped, but I think off of one game, like we don't know if it's better. Like, but obviously Cullen comes back from his suspension for the next game, so Cullen will likely play. Um, But I also do think that's a really good point, though. Like, without having a big, strong, tall, big in stature centre midfielder who's just going to do all the nitty gritty work and let Cullen give Cullen the licence to be able to spray the ball and stuff like that. Like, in fairness, he, he's, he's small and he's not exactly the strongest player on the pitch. So when he comes into games like, I mean, you know, let's say like against Palace where they've got Jefferson, Lerma and Ducore in midfield, like, does Cullen get bullied against them? Probably. But a lot of teams have big, strong central midfielders in their team. And we don't seem to have that. Sander Burge does look like he's coming into his own playing that role but it doesn't mean that I, I want him there every game like I, I still would like to see Sander Burge play with Brownell and Cork and play in a cam 
role. I'd like yeah. to see it, but every single time there's an there's an opportunity to do that. Berger's in the DM role, and somebody else randomly is in the cam role. Like if it's not I'm doing it, it's Ramsey. If it's not Ramsey, it's Trezor. If it's not Trezor, it's somebody else. And it's just like just try Sander Berge just once. Just let me see it. And then let me eat humble pie if it doesn't work and we lose 4-0. What could be worse? I've already watched that like four times this year. Like, if we if we look, and I don't think Cork is the answer. I don't. But at the moment, you're kind of running out of answers. So yeah. at what point do you turn around and say, try it? You've yeah, tried everything yeah. else. You've tinkered that much with every other position. Why not just try Cork and just see? Is it out of pride? Is it out of you know naivety looking at him as a thirty-four-year-old CDM and saying it's it's not you know it ain't gonna work? So I'm not even gonna try. Like I don't know, but I I can't like I said last week. I still can't even believe we're having a conversation about putting Jack Cork back in the team. This anyway. is what I mean. It's 2023, and we are having a conversation about Jack Cork being put back in the team, and we shouldn't be in that position after spending a hundred million pounds. But we are, and I still think it's time to try it. Or Masengo, try Masengo then. If I, I agree with you, stop trying something different. Put Burge further forward because even though he's played well in that DM role in the last couple of games, and I agree with agree with that, he has. I still think, like you said, Sam, he's got more of an attacking brain than he has more of a, a, a defensive brain, and I just mm-hmm. think he will be better further forward with a Cullen and a Court behind him, or a Cullen and a Masengo. Try that. That that's what I try. Uh, Chris P says, would you try Cork as centre back? Not in the Premier mm-hmm. League, mate. No. Um, yes, it worked against Salford, but that was Salford. Murich in DM, potentially. That's the only way he's going to get a game, isn't it? Um, Neil, your thoughts on on the midfield then? Because I know I know you've talked briefly about Cullen there before, Sam, but obviously there's, there's Burge um, who keeps playing in the DM, who, yes, like we both said, has, has started playing better, but would be better further forward. What would your like midfield sort of like trio be in the in the DMs and the and the and the cam? Like, how would you do it? So I would play. I would play Birch further forward because I think that is his strongest. It's working now, but it's just a it's just a sticking plaster, isn't it? Really, it's it's mm. it's, it's going to come unstuck at some point. I will play Birch further forward, and, and as much as I said that we look better without Cullen yesterday, I do think we play Cullen because yesterday, I think the whole team was just better. I don't think it was down to Cullen not playing. I think it was just everybody was a little bit better. So for me, it would be Brownhill, Cullen, and Birch a bit for, further forward. But it's tricky that because I still don't think I still think Brownell's best position is further forward. I don't think his position is. I agree. I agree with that. He's he's more of an eight. Yeah. So it's so it's how do you fit them both in? Because for me, I think Burge needs to be tried up there. Um, but that 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 for me would be my trio. Maybe maybe it's a Cullen stays where in a position he is, and throughout the game, Burge and Brownell keep swapping. Maybe I, I don't know. But that there would be my three. But it's it's how you fit Brownell and Burge in because for me, they both play a similar position. Yep. Chase of Dreams says we don't know if Burge can finish though. You don't necessarily need to. I know sometimes you will have to, but it's about providing in that in that camera. And we don't because he's playing in DM. He's playing yeah, in DM, exactly. So uh, but Chris that, P says um, Burge can create, and that's exactly that the point of putting him in the ten. That ball that he played to Redmond slipped it through, and Redmond was on his heels, but he got the ball through three defenders into the box, and literally, like, if that's anyone else, and like that. that that's the thing as well. That that's a that's a great comment. Like he has such power running with the ball because he's big and he's strong. So if he takes the ball around exactly, yeah. it, he's got enough to move his body in front. As a DM, it's different because you're trying to get the ball back off of somebody. If they're a strong runner as well, I don't think Burge has that defensive mind to get his body in the way. Whereas in an attacking standpoint, he wins headers. And the thing is, 
like that comment says, like that that that's the point, like with the divide currently in the fan base about so many different things. Like, why does Sander Birch have to finish the ball? Why? Because you've got Coley O'Shaw on one wing, you've got another winger, a striker, and him as him as a 10, he should be able to create for those three. You wouldn't say Aaron Ramsey needs to score, uh, needs to score every single game. I'm doing he's yeah. not scored every single game, and we still think he's a good player because he's creative. So how come and it's just my opinion, but how come Luca gets that pass of doesn't need to finish, he just needs to create, but Sander Burge doesn't? Like Sander Burge has never had a season probably over five goals. So in what world have we bought a player that is expected to score 10 goals? He's there to be a willing runner, to help get the ball into the box, to win flick-ons because he's a big lad and throw his body around in an attacking side of the pitch and hope to get chances. We don't need Sander Burge to be a goal scorer. We need Sander Burge to be a nuisance and yeah. that's what his role is. Yeah, I agree. I think Sander Burge should be in that attacking midfield role. I don't understand the obsession with playing him in DM, but I feel like now he's had a few good games in DM. I think that's it now. I think, I think he'll be playing in DM for pretty much the I rest think of it's the his, season. I think it's his physicality. I think that's what it's for. It's because we haven't I, got anybody who's got that presence in midfield, so I couldn't yeah. think he can stick him there because it'd be a nuisance back there. I think that's what it is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, maybe maybe it's maybe it's a January thing where we... Um, I think I, I, we I think get we need to. Six in. Is there any funds left in January? Is there anything left? I would hope so. <laughs> but we obviously have spent quite a lot. Inky Punk says we will go down because the kids may get up to speed with the Prem by 2024, but it'll be too late. So do you think as fans need to accept that? Otherwise, it could turn toxic on the turf, forcing Pace to make a change. Um, I, th- I think a lot of fans have accepted now that we'll, we'll go down or, or at least we'll struggle. I think some fans are still saying, uh, yeah, we could stay up if, if things happen. You know, we are... Because we, it is one of four teams, so we just need to be better than... The only, the only shining Luton, light really. for that is that we're not adrift yet. Mm. So we're not already... We're getting there. We are getting we're, not there adrift, yeah. we're not adrift yet. That's the only thing that's keeping us clinging on. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Plushcare.com slash weight loss. Away days are fantastic, especially when you win the league at Ewood Park. But there's still nothing quite like playing at home. The same goals for McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with McDelivery. You in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus. Serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. But some of the results that are happening around us now... Yeah, that's the thing for me is that Luton Luton and Sheffield United look more capable. Yeah, they do. But but the thing is, this this was my argument six weeks ago. I said the exact same thing when United struggled to beat them, Spurs struggled to beat them. Like, we've been that easy to beat and these other teams that everyone's saying... Are horrendous and we beat them, they won't make it easy for us. We won't go to Bramall Lane and, and you know, they're not going to roll the red carpet out for us and we're going to win 5 0 because they're the worst team in the league. They're going to make that game extremely difficult. And if we lose that, who do you beat then? Because mm-hmm. we, we can't beat anybody else right now with the team that we've got, 
and the players that we've got injured, which is which is starting to creep more in as a factor than I even realise. Like not having Foster is a big thing, of course it is. Not having one of your best players from last season in Benson is a huge thing. Like even just for even just for overall atmosphere around the team, like these players that were there last season that had got the wins and and you know and did win the league at Ewood Park and stuff like that. Like those players that. aren't always in and around the team. And I think that then you've got a squad full of I mean, I know obviously they all train together and stuff like that, but that could have an issue. That could be a big issue. Like our, our injuries have been bad this year in spells that we've had. Like Bay has missed like four or five games and you know we've we've lost players through suspension that's no fault but our own but we are struggling to keep a consistent 11 11 as well as the tinkering as well that has made it quite difficult but oh i'm just yeah just yeah <laughs> aren't we all aren't we all uh sam i'll stick with you because uh neil's missus is making a bottle for the baby and the machines are very noisy um he left us a lovely message on whatsapp just um yeah, yeah. So um, there's been a lot of... Um, I, I'll reference the Icky Punk message there. He said, forcing Alan to make a change. And there's a lot of that now on social media again, isn't there? That The noises to get company out, which I still think is ridiculous, by the way, are getting louder and louder. Where do you stand on it? Uh, ridiculous, mate. Like, it just is ridiculous. Yeah. Like, you know... <laughs> taking him out, what does that actually achieve? Who do you bring in? What style of play do you implement? How long do you think it'll take to do that? We're going down. Like, if we're going down, go down with company. Yeah, like, I agree. Don't go down with a new manager, with a new philosophy and starting again, because that's when it might not work again. That's when we yeah. go down and, and you're trying to back. implement something completely brand new and the system doesn't work like companies did and you don't bring players in and... Or you do bring players in, but they're not of the same caliber, and it's not the same because company has shown in what he does. Like he scouts basically for himself. He knows the caliber of player that he wants, and he knows the style of player that he wants. So he does bring in players that suit the system that he wants to play. So I do get that. You bring in somebody else, we could have you know players come in that you know you're just bringing them in for the sake of bringing them in it doesn't work we go down you end up like Stoke sat in the championship year upon year not ever really challenging but not ever really at risk of going down so you just sit and stew in the championship for a decade until you turn around and finally you're like oh we've uh, you know over the last 10 years one of the players that we've signed has worked we've sold him for 20 million pound we'll reinvest that money into the club and there you go that's how we sort it out like i don't want to be that club i want to be that forward thinking progressive club that we've shown over the last 18 months that we can be and alan pace and vincent company are a huge part of that so turning yeah. around now when things aren't going well and saying because bashing the tactics in the current moment and bashing the players in the current moment and how things are going on the pitch in the current moment is fine without wanting company to leave. Like, so I, I still think he's the man to take us forward. And I still think that, you know, the owner's done a fantastic job for us in the last 18 months and recruitment. Okay. Yeah. Fair enough. Might not have been ideal now, but the same, and I'm one of them, the same people that didn't think, you know, we could have had a better window ever. Like I'm one of them. We bought 77 wingers and I thought, oh, unbelievable. This is the greatest thing that's ever happened to me. Like Burnley are buying wingers and they're all fast and they're all technical players. And 
now hindsight is a wonderful thing it hasn't worked fair enough like the company has also just signed a five-year deal by the way so if yeah, you sack yeah, him, there is that's that. a lot of money a lot of money down alan the drain. clearly then, likes him and then i've is seen yeah manager? all this he's not going to do it because all this stuff he was saying last year about oh is the woman you thought you're never going to get you can't he say that and then sack it. the fella. It's, 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 i know we saying it three four games but i've ago. seen but i've seen people say i'll oh, sack company and get potter in right number one potter is never going to come to burnley right number two Company has just signed a five-year deal. We pay him off. Where's the money for Potter coming from? So yeah. that's that's a non-starter. So I've seen that. But I agree with Sam. It's like there's no point in in restarting this cycle. Company, if company leaves, it needs to be that he's chosen to leave. We need to stick with him um, and see this project through because it is a project. If you've seen the documentary, you know that it's they had a plan. <coughs> We've come up ahead of plan. We've got a few things wrong, which is annoying, um, but they're going to because it's a, it's a process. We'll go down, we'll come back with company and hopefully he's learnt from this season because let's just assume that we have gone down. He's learnt from this season, Alan Pierce has learnt from this season to get recruitment a little bit better and next time we're back up in the Prem, we see that steps to where we, we want to be. So I, yeah, I completely agree with what Sam's just said. Yeah, I think everyone needs to remember as well, It was it's a long-term project, you know. We're not just going to make any short-term decisions now. It's just not going to happen. It's a long-term project. Company is part of that process. Alan is fully you know i think invested in company and i completely agree with that if you just look at how much how much he spent in the summer uh, how much money he's giving him in the summer um he never he never gave um well i'm gonna say he never gave dash that money just because i'm looking at the comment there of uh, didn't he give dash a four-year deal though um but he never gave dash that money right he didn't really have the chance to but um i i just feel like alan isn't gonna He's, he's not going to be stupid. He's not going to make the mistake. And it's good to see that everybody in the comments as well, by the way, not not one person said, I think company should leave. No, mm-hmm. I think I'm in the company out camp, which tells me it's just a lot of people like the comment said earlier. Um, I've lost it now uh, from, um, I can't remember, but somebody said, I think the company out shouts is just born out of frustration. I think it's exactly yeah, like I agree with people that. on Twitter. Mate, there's a comment like there. Go on. There's a comment. There's a comment there that I, that's my worries. Um, it's from Stu Kill. I want to stick with company, but word pace will trigger. That's exactly what I'm. I, see, I think I, if things see, get, I don't. If things get toxic at the turf, I think um, pace will be like I've got to change this and 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 go. That's genuinely what my concern. Um, I will be. I will be surprised because, mm-hmm. like you said, he's just giving him a five year deal. It constantly. It is for how much he loves him. He is, but I'm talking about if it, if it goes toxic. Like if it goes quite toxic and and it's booze all the time and everyone's on the players back and everyone's just miserable all the time. Like say it's like three months down the line and we're still here. I think yeah. Yeah. the difference between the dive situation and and companies company is the manager that Alan Pace actually wanted. Like yeah. he inherited Sean Dyche. So without disrespecting Sean Dyche, he wasn't he didn't fit Alan Pace's project for the club. Yeah. So that four year deal thing, like, yeah, fair enough. But he, he only gave him it because of what he'd seen in the past. And he's come into a team where everybody loves this manager that we've had for a decade. Like, we saw it in the documentary, man. He comes along and company revitalizes the team, brings in new players, works so hard and has proven to everybody. You can see it in the documentary. Hate, do you know what? Over this season, I've started to hate that documentary because there's so many things. It's so annoying in it because it's like, oh, 150 training sessions, blah, 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 whatever. It hasn't worked clearly. Um, but in that, you see just how much like companies given, you know, he's in meetings with board members and he's talking about the team and he's talking about the style of play that he wants to implement. And everybody's so on board with it. And 
Alan Pace is so proud of that project. And yeah. Alan Pace was proud of that project before it went well. Like mm. in that documentary, he does it after the Huddersfield game. He does it before the Huddersfield game. He does it after the third game of the season where he's proud to have Vincent Company explaining these tactics, explaining how players fit the mould and all this type of stuff. So just because things aren't going well now doesn't mean that we, as fans, eh, shouldn't be proud of everything that came before because that last 18 months was unbelievable. I think the thing that's annoying is the transition is obviously we all thought we'd transition into getting a little bit better and we've actually ended up getting a lot worse. But that still hasn't changed. I don't think Pace isn't proud of what Vincent Company does. I don't think Alan Pace isn't proud of the team and the players. And the and I, you can be proud of that performance yesterday. You can be proud of the, the, the grit that was in there and the willingness to go and win the ball back. It is just individual errors and not putting the ball in the back of the net that is costing us at the moment. But that's personnel and all that type of stuff. But I think, I think it is. I I think we've got. I think we've got a perfect mold currently. I just think people have every right to say whatever they think and have the right to their own opinions. And if you want company out, that's fine. But I hope that there is a lot more level-headed people that think what company's done and what Alan Pace have done is unbelievable, and we need to. We need to back that still. Because like you, you said, we'll go toxic if not. Yeah, yeah. Do you not think, though, that, and this is just me throwing this out there because I've thought of it literally just now, do you not think this shows uh, there's a bigger problem in football, though, in that us, Sheffield United and Luton were the top three in the championship. And us and Sheffield United walked it, to be fair. We've come up and are really struggling. The three that went down from the Premier League last year are taking a piss in the championship now. Does that not show that the gap is just simply too big? In, in, Mate, a, a how long have you on. got? How long you have you I mean? got? I could talk about that for hours. Don't get us wrong. We have got a lot of stuff wrong. I'm not like saying that that's exactly what it is, but I think that's part of the problem as well, is that I think football has got a bigger problem than, than just us wasting 150 million quid, which we did. We wasted it. Yeah, but I think I, it's just a wider problem. I I think you've you've brought up a very, very good point, but I don't think we have enough time to go into that because genuinely, I could honestly talk about that for hours. The English football pyramid was built on the integrity of people playing well and you move up the divisions and it's all fair. Now, I mean, yes, we've just spent £110 million, but our market is so different to the bigger teams. And that gap now from what was a top six now feels like a top 12 or top mm-hmm. 14 and that gap is getting bigger so yeah I, I i do agree with that to some degrees and it, and there are issues that you know big teams like man united and man city will never have to worry about they'll never have to worry about this they'll never have to worry about not having a decent center midfielder because you chuck anybody in that midfield and you're fine because you've still got a 790 billion pound team around them and a subs bench filled up of 200 billion pound players like that's 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 what you're competing with. Like the top of your league is that, and our team is well, 110 million pound of players that don't know how to play together. But <laughs> but that comment as well, like it takes time, we all need to chill. I agree. Like I've started to come around to that now because originally going into games, because of last season, you obviously do get some kind of you do get that feeling of 
yeah, okay, like, it's going to come good eventually. Look how well we did last year. Now we're all getting a little bit of a reality check and realising the distinct gap between the Championship and the Premier League. And I think we've all, it's all kind of it is in the face and we're all, it's taken us all a little bit of time to, um, you know, kind of come accustomed to it. I think I'm accustomed to it now. We're likely yeah. not going to win that many games towards the end of the season. I hope I'm wrong. And I hope it does click. But uh, listen, I, I'll support Burnley through the good times and the bad times. And we, we watched one of the greatest seasons of his entire lives last season. This season hasn't been particularly great. Fortunes can change. There's still 27 games to go. Hopefully it all gets sorted out. Um, but right now, it's looking a little bit bleak. Just a little bit. It is, it is. Uh, and yeah, you make some good points there, boys. The gap is massive. It's getting bigger. It's not just getting bigger between the Championship and the Premier League. It's getting bigger between, you know, the, the top eight, as I think it is now, um, and the rest of the Prem. And then there's a massive gap between the Prem and the Championship as well. Um, I put a comment on screen from Matthew. He says, when do you think it clicks? And I put that one on screen because I spoke about <coughs> this in my fan reaction. And me... And the lads said loads last year, you can see that there's something there and it's going to click soon. Neil, I remember, I think you kind of like copyrighted the term, we're waiting for click day. And, you know, but you you, you could feel like there was something coming last year, couldn't yeah, you? Yeah, of course. You could feel yeah. a click day was happening, but it's not happening this year. I, I can't I can't sense that there's something ready to come. No, I agree with that. Yeah, you could see, you could see what they were trying to do last year. There was a clear sort of, this is where we want to play, this is what we want to do, and it just wasn't quite yeah. there. And as you say, that's not there this year. I, I don't know what our style of play is this year. I know what I know. We know what it is purely because we know what company wants to do. But if you look at them on the pitch, if you haven't seen us last season, and you're purely watching us now, I've no idea what our style of play is. It's um, yeah. There's, there's nothing there to suggest there's anything too quick at the minute. What we need is the players just to know how to play together. Yeah. Um, and for me, click there will be that they know how to read each other. They know how to read each other's runs. The errors are cut out. Um, and yeah, um, yeah. So that, that's that's for me. The, the click there is difficult because I can't see what click means this season. Yeah, it felt like last year it was coming, but this year I can't really see it coming. But Sam, you made a point earlier. Um, how we haven't had like eleven players playing together for a lot. We haven't had a settled team because of the injuries and the suspensions. Will that help when that comes in with a with a potential click there? Yeah, probably. I mean, you know. In fairness, we haven't seen uh we haven't seen the Berlin team, in my opinion, that I've wanted to see all season long. Like Zareri Benson, Foster, Burge, Brown O'Cullen, Roberts, Taylor, Bayer, Ekdal, Murich. We haven't seen that team yet. That's the team. If I if I if I could pick it now, and I know what people are gonna say, oh, Ekdal's been injured, whatever. Christ, <laughs> like, like Literally, that would be the thing that I would like to go with, right? But, right, it's really hard to play games in the Premier League when the other team's got 12 bloody players. Get VAR out of the Premier League. It's rubbish. It's rubbish. That what that was a red card. I'm sorry. Yeah, it was. I, I watched it over and over again. And at the time, I was like, it's not a red card. It just isn't. And he doesn't come off. He's not doing it with two feet. He slides in with two feet onto, onto the... The top part, the top part of Trafford's leg here, right? If it's there, different. There, that's ridiculous. And there's, 
there's malice in that tackle because he knows he's not going to win the ball. So that should have been a red card. But we've also had other situations where where referees have come to us six weeks later, like the handball at Nottingham Forest, and everyone's like, oh, sorry, we didn't mean... Get out. Rubbish. <laughs> VAR's rubbish. Get it out. I'd rather watch the game against Huddersfield where Barnes should have had a penalty and we don't get it. I'd rather watch us at Ewood, watch Ashley Barnes handball the ball out of out of the net so that we can win the league. Brilliant. Thank you very much, mate. But <laughs> it was the slippers, I thought the slippers were the slippers were the slippers and the socks were classic. Yeah. The slippers are, and right, the socks. The comfiest slippers I've ever had in my life, right? <laughs> but you don't have those issues. And I I feel like and 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 I, and I'm not completely bashing VAR because I do actually think in some cases it does do things right, but there is just some areas where they really need to just find the ruling, stick with it, and just keep it consistent. I don't think, I, d- I don't think it helps the game in any way, shape, or form. Like in a game like that the other day, like if a yellow card's given by the referee on the pitch, you turn around and you go, "Fine, like that's fine." And I said this last week, mate. That VAR, no leave leave it to the referees, and yeah. VR is there if the ref asks for exactly. it. And and if if you if you leave it to the referee to make the decision, you turn around and you go, he's made the decision, so that ownership is on the referee. Yeah. If you give the referee the opportunity to make a decision and he gives a yellow card, and then VAR looks at it, looks at it again, and then looks at it again, and then goes, oh, that is a bit high actually. Oh, and he's off two feet. Now nah, leave the yellow card. It's like, what are you there for then? Like, what are you even looking for? Like, if you agree with the decision, don't even press that big bloody red button. And go, oh, we'll have a look at it. Just don't look at it. Just leave it then. Like, and then you've got all this stuff. Like, like, like I say, with company coming out last week and saying, oh, we have had a written apology. What good does that do for us? What are you going to do? Frame the letter. Like, it means nothing. Like, we've had a handball goal that should have gone. That should have gone for us. We've had other, other decisions not go our way. And I'm not putting it down to that decision, but that decision, in my opinion, is so dramatically incorrect and shapes the entire perplexion of the game. And I just think that, and that comment sums it up perfectly, that penalty, I'll go back to it as well, I know it's boring because we've all seen it, but that penalty in that Manchester derby was absolutely ridiculous because you see that foul every single week all the way down the English football pyramid and everywhere else. That is not a foul. But because it's City versus Man United in Super Sunday at half past three and everybody in the world is watching it, they have to make a decision that makes them look like they're making a good decision. It's a terrible decision and they've made a rubbish decision and it's changed the perplexion of that game as well. And it's the same with our games and that was a red card and it was a terrible tackle on Trafford and whatever. Boring. Mate, they, can't even, they can't even see when a ball's gone out of play if you look at the that, uh, Arsenal game. That one last night, like... In what world do you look at that and go, benefit of the doubt? The, the ball's either out or not. There's no 50-50 in it. There's no, oh, I think it is, I think it isn't, or we'll rock, paper, scissors it in studio. It's either in or not. You should have a system in place that sees that. We should have a system in place that that looks at that tackle and goes, okay, yes, it, it might only be one foot completely touches the player, but how high is that foot? Is that foot on the ankle or is that foot up his shin? And that foot was so high, it was right in his shin and it was two feet and the other one was at his ankle. That could have really hurt him, so it's dangerous. And it's like GBH. So how can you even have that situation and then turn around and go, yellow card seems fair. And then that team goes on to win the game. It's like, 
okay, we probably could have played against 10 men and still not score. So that let's put that out there as well. Like it might not have completely changed the the entire um way that the game unfolded. However, that is still an awful decision in my opinion. And we've had a few of them this season. So yeah, I think I've not watched it back to be honest. There was something that um a last call Becky put on Twitter that I did retweet and I quickly watched on um when I was on the match yesterday, I looked at it, I thought, hmm, that's a bit dangerous, that, but I've not watched it over and over again. But what what I don't, what annoys me is, nobody mentioned it yesterday, apart from Burnley fans. Nobody mentioned that that tackle yesterday. But the Havertz one, from the game that you two just mentioned, is all over the place. It's but it's all exactly over the, place. the same. It's exactly the same challenge. It's that's exactly what annoys the same. Me. If anything, one's me. worse, because one's from a bloody goalkeeper. The other one, yeah. he's, he's kicked the ball away. I mean, granted, I know there's like a, a a second gap in between him getting rid of the ball and going in for the tackle. But even if he goes in for the tackle and wins the ball, like he's still going to f- absolutely fly through Trafford to get that ball. So he's still going to be a foul anyway. So my opinion is if he kicks the ball away, how on earth do you look at that and go, that's a good tackle. That's an all right tackle. He yeah. kicked the ball away. It's him in his shin. He's fine. It's all right. How do you look at that and go, great tackle. Yellow card. Leave it as it is. Like, I just don't get it. But... I also think, like I say, it wouldn't have actually changed dramatically what happened in the game because I actually don't think we'd have scored a goal even if they had six men on, on pitch and you know, <laughs> and they're all six-year-olds. Like, I still don't think we'd have scored. But um, I think to kind of round it off, like we're, we're not getting helped out in a way by VAR, but that's not all. I think I've just kind of... It sounds like if you've come into the stream now, like it sounds like we're only talking about VAR. We have literally discussed how poor we have also been yeah but i just don't think that helps and i think we have a long way to go um to and hopefully we can have performances like this again and hopefully the good times will start rolling this season i don't like this narrative as well that other people are saying like oh if we get relegated great still don't want to lose 27 games for the rest of the season because i still watch every single game i still try to get down to as many games as possible and i don't want to watch us play rubbish and lose every single game I still yeah, want us exactly. to play well. I still want us to be competitive. So as much as I do think a season, another season in the Championship with this squad would be exciting, I would also like to see this squad do it in this league that we're in now Yeah, for another 27 match. All right. But hey-ho, just my opinion. <laughs> uh, well, well, obviously, Sam did well there to bring it back round to Burnley after after about a 50, 10, 15 minute chat about VAR. But but we'll I'll, obviously we get we've got to the hour mark, so I will start wrapping it up. But I do want to ask you both some questions before we do go. Well, one more question, and Sam, you've kind of touched on it there, so I'll start with you, Neil. Where do we go from here? What do we do next? Forget Arsenal, and I know Sam hates it when people say some games are dead rubbers, but it's a dead rubber because of how shit we are. I want to be competitive in the match. I just don't want to get spanked. I don't want to get spanked 4-5-0. So forget that match. West Ham and Sheffield United at home after that, after the international break. What? Where do we go from here to ensure that we get six points or minimum four points out of them two games? We do whatever preparation, team talk, discussion, tactic, whatever they did for yesterday, we do that. Because I think we'd keep playing like we did yesterday. Um... And cut out the mistakes hope, and score some goals. Cut out the mistakes, yeah. Cut out the mistakes and hopefully Foster's back. I mean, it's a bit worrying that they've been very vague about what's wrong with him and but he's yeah. out for a little while. Hopefully, um, he's, he's not, hopefully he's back for those games. But if we carry on, sorry about that. If we carry on like yesterday, I think we'll probably do better against Sheffield United. Um, 
and if Foster's in, maybe we'll get a goal. But yeah, it's the mistakes, isn't it? It, it that's the thing. It, it, company can do all he wants, but the mistakes have been happening, um, and they need to stop first and foremost. Yep, agree. Sam, we'll end it with you. Where do we go from here? How do we how do we get six points out of them two games? Forget the Arsenal match. Six points out of West Ham, Sheffield United. And build on that performance yesterday. That performance was a good enough performance to turn around and say there's something in there where we can be competitive in the league. Like I do actually agree with company when he said that. Like I, I don't I haven't agreed with a lot of what he said um this season. I think he I don't think he I don't think he I don't think he's been clear and transparent with the fans. I think he's kind of dilly-dallied around his answers and I don't obviously I mean I know you have to, like I've said with journalists before, but obviously as a fan you don't appreciate those kind of answers, you know, just recycling the same things every single week but yeah i do actually think that he is right there there was a performance in that and there is a performance that you can actually look at and say right there's something to work towards there because yes we didn't manage to create enough to score goals but going from games having six shots two on target to 17 and five is a big difference so that is a performance to build on um I just think find a team, stick with it. Um, find your striker, stick with them. Because um, like that comment says, Foster is out now for a long time. Uh, I hope he's, I hope, uh, just to put that out there as well, I hope Lyle Foster's all right as well. Because obviously yeah. I know he's got his history with mental health issues. So I do hope that Lyle Foster is all right. And I do hope that he can come back and be be the player that we all know he can be. And um so yeah, hopefully a speedy recovery to him with whatever he's going through. Um, but then on the other side of it, um big shoes to fill now. Jay Rodriguez needs to step up. If yeah. Obafemi can get himself into the fold, you know, that that's a big plus as well. Just having another striker there. Yeah, if, it, but- if it's just Jay and it doesn't work, it's like, well, then what do yeah. you change? I'm doing he goes up front, it doesn't work, we've seen it. Um, so I, I do think there's positive signs there, and I do think that we have um we do have the ability to turn it round. I just think we are running out of time for that click moment now. If that click moment yeah. doesn't happen, then uh, within the next kind of five games, then I do think you know course to the end of the season. This this is that what if we haven't had it clicking in the next five games, what we've seen from Burnley is what Burnley will be to the end of the season. Um yeah. So I think probably to round it off, I'd just be back the boys, back the manager, um, back back the club first and foremost, like regardless of who you don't like, what you don't like, like we all still fundamentally support Burnley. So back Burnley, support Burnley. And if it doesn't work this season, um, then, you know, the good times will come back. We won't plummet yeah. into the, out of the football pyramid, like, we, we'll we'll be fine and Burnley will be yeah. back at some point so um, yeah yeah fair enough just want to clear something up because Harry's put a comment in saying wasn't aware it was mental health we've not said it is we just said Sam just said he, he had a history of it he went on a podcast before at the start of the yeah. season and said he struggled last season mm-hmm. there's no sign to say it is at the minute Um, but the fact that with Burnley being so vague and just calling it an illness company did say shed more light on it next season uh, next season next week Um, so hopefully we'll have more information but obviously the priority is that yeah. whatever it is he gets better. Um, but unless there's anything else you want to add, lads, we'll start wrapping it up. I think we've covered pretty much pretty much everything. Man of the match. Yeah. <laughs> Man of the match. Um, 
Well, I don't want Sam to punch me through the screen, but probably Corley Osho for me. Corley Osho or Sander Burns, I think. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's not a bad shot, mate. Like, he did, he did play well. <laughs> done it again. That's, that's twice now. No, I, I, I think he's... he's even, even after saying what I've said, like, I still think he's a close second, in my opinion. Like, I, I don't think Coley Osho had a bad game. I just think in the situation that we're currently in, we need people that are going to step up and take the game by the scruff of the neck. And that doesn't just, it doesn't just mean beat your man and not get it into the box to somebody or not have a go yourself from a decent position. Like I say, I just think, I, I just think there were moments in that game, like when he broke into the box and didn't shoot, they are moments that, okay, it can get lost in the grand, in the bigger picture. But in that game, that's one nil. I'm doing his header at the start of the game. That's one nil. Yeah. Yeah. Like these are, we had chances in the game where yes, they were off target, but there were situations where we could have, genu- have genuinely scored goals and we could have been in a better position than we were. Um, but if I was to say my man of the match, um, I would probably say Sander Burge. Thought he was yeah, really good. Thought he, yeah. thought he dominated the midfield and thought he was the player that we wanted him to be when he signed. So very pleased with Sander Burge. <laughs> Neil. <laughs> Very pleased with Sander Burge. Um, Coley also Burge. I thought Vitinho played all right, but not man of the match Vitinho for me. Vitinho did so play I, all right. Yeah. Um, yeah, he was actually. Um, yeah, Vitinho was all right. Um, I'm probably going to go for Burge. Because he's out of position as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 To be fair, that's a great shout with Vitinho as well. I actually genuinely thought he was more forward thinking than... Yeah, he was. Um, I thought he was good. ...than Connor Roberts was. And I thought he actually added a lot more to his going forward rather than, you know, like last week being scapegoated for a ball that went yeah. in from 46 yards and saying it was his fault. Um, like, he actually played a lot better and he managed to get the ball forward quite a lot. And like I said, that ball into the box where Coley Osho was, like, was on his heels as well, like, that was a great ball into the box. Like, that, that, to, let, to get a ball in that good, that means the ball bounces in the box two or three times. Like, that's, that's some ball. And I do think he... I do think he can definitely... I think if he can keep his place in the team, I definitely think he has more expansive attacking options to us than Conor Roberts does at the moment. Because for, for me, even though Roberts was brilliant last season, he has done nothing for me so far. That makes me think he's our right back going forward. Hmm. Uh, I yeah, agree. He was. Yeah, he was. yeah, I, I agree. I d- it's one of them. Out, out of them two, I've always said Roberts. But I think yesterday, I was like, well, Vitinho offers something more going forward. Um, but but yeah, I, th- I think if you could merge the two players together, that would be mm-hmm. fantastic. Um, but you can't. Um, so I Robert think Tino. depending on what, ca- yeah. Having said that, having <laughs> <laughs> said that against Arsenal, I probably pay Roberts just because Vitino might make it six nil rather than four nil because he's he's going to try and go forward as Roberts would be, it'd be solid. <coughs> but he just give the ball away. Um, but yeah, it's you know it's been a while since we've done the man of the match debate because nobody's deserved it for a while. Um, but Sander Burge wins on that one. Um, but lads, thanks for coming on. Uh, always a pleasure. Always good of you to give your time to me, especially on Sunday morning. It's good to get the streams back on Sunday morning. Obviously, I'm not working today for the first week in about six weeks. Um, so it's good. Um, so I appreciate your time. Thanks for coming on. If you've joined the stream late, because um, we did get up to around 90-odd uh, live concurrent viewers at any one time around about 20 minutes ago, then... 
Uh, don't worry, once I end the stream, it does stay on YouTube as a standalone video to, for you to watch as and when you want. And if you'd rather listen to it on a podcast, if you're going out in about 10 minutes or you want to save it for your commute to work tomorrow, you'll have an hour-long podcast waiting for you. I'll put that up pretty much straight away, uh, and then we'll go from there. But Sam, thanks for coming on, mate. Not a problem, mate. Anytime. Anytime. Neil, thank you for coming on. Need bother. Shalom. Need bother. You can tell he's from North East, can't you? Or lives there now, should I say. Not from there. Hello, yeah. It's, it's, going, it's, it's going into him. Um, but everybody in the comments as well, thank you. Clinton Hill says, cheers, fellas. No, thanks to you, mate. Icky Punk says, great show, lads. Onwards and sideways. Thanks, everybody, for watching. Thanks, everybody, for commenting. Hopefully, I'm going to say hopefully the next one we can have a little bit more positive stuff to talk about, but I might just not be doing <laughs> Arsenal one. Like, I, what would be the point? I, what what can we talk about? I think that, I think Arsenal. we should do an NFL one. I think we should do an NFL one now. I think just miss the gap. We'll do an NFL and NBA show. <laughs> I think we should do that. Yeah, we'll do NBA and NFL. Yeah, so yeah I'll, I'll leave that to you too, since I don't watch it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, thank you for coming on, lads. Thank you, everyone, for watching. Thank you for commenting. And also, if you are watching on the stream, you may have seen a little strap underneath coming up saying you can get 15% off at TOTS um, by using the code TURFCAST15. If you're listening on the podcast, obviously, you want to see it. People sometimes compliment this shirt. The crest is there. People sometimes do compliment this shirt. It's a nice shirt. It would look better if I owned it, but this is from Toffs. So if you want to, you know, get this shirt, just go to toffs.co.uk or toffs.com. Enter the code TURFCAST15 and you will get 15% off. Obviously, that's the point of the code. But thanks, everybody, for watching. Thanks, everybody, for listening. We will see you next time. Goodbye. It's the 90th minute. All your mates around, you've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Your mates have already got booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Ornament delivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.